Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Week in Markets. I am Richard Tang, the China strategist and the head of research in Hong Kong for Julius Baer. This week, we're going to discuss both the U.S. and the Chinese markets. Now, the strength of the U.S. market definitely has surprised some investors. And until the non-farm payroll number last Friday, the market narrative was about the so-called Goldilocks scenario, in which inflation was quickly falling and people were expecting only one or two more hikes, while at the same time, data are increasingly pointing to a soft landing in the U.S. Or at the very least, the market doesn't have to worry about a recession yet. And over the past two weeks in particular, this inflation has all of a sudden become a buzzword among investors, and even Fed Chair Jay Powell was also using that term. So even though late last year the market was worrying about the Fed path, it was worrying about the economic outlook, all of a sudden it has shifted to a much more constructive tone. Honestly, have fundamentals changed that much? Absolutely not. But the sentiment in the U.S. market seems to be swinging from one end to another much more quickly. So investors need to be more mindful of being carried away by all these stories. Now, if we look at the outperformers and the underperformers beneath the headline, I think it may tell a clearer picture of what exactly is going on. For example, the retail favorite stocks and the most shorter stocks have been outperforming year to day, but the momentum stocks have pulled back a lot. So this is becoming clearer that the rally in the U.S. market since the beginning of this year was actually about short coverings and lack of rotation. And the CTA money was also buyer of the market until most recently. Or if we simply look at the top 20 contributors to the SPX performance in January versus the top 20 detractors, the contributors have a lot of tech or tech-related companies, which have sold up really, really badly last year. On the other hand, the detractors are mostly healthcare and defenses, which have arguably outperformed late last year. Alternatively, we can just look into the case of semiconductors because a lot of investors are owning these stocks. The data from leading investment banks show that the short positionings have surged in 2022 and are now at five-year high. Now, I recall that in the second half last year, people were still talking about that foundry orders were cut by the downstream manufacturers because the demand was so weak. But then getting into this year, they quickly shifted to talking about inventory destocking near the end. The fundamentals clearly haven't moved so quickly, so apparently this rally in the U.S. has more valuation and positioning elements in it. Now, it becomes clearer when we dissect the price performance of the different U.S. indices, including the SPX and the Russell, that the January return was primarily valuation expansion, and the earnings revisions were still negative. Indeed, if we look at the current reporting season in the U.S., even though it's still a beat, it's actually much weaker than history. So far, 69% of companies have been in estimates, with the magnitude of the B to be around 1.5% on aggregate. Now, this is a great number on the absolute scale, for sure. But U.S. companies beat estimates almost every single quarter. So if you compare that B to history, it's actually worse than historical average. All in all, I think the conclusion in the U.S. markets is that market sentiment can swing from one end to another. And we had a bad December, now a great January. Could the non-farm payroll last Friday stall this Goldilocks trade? Possibly. But this kind of monthly swing in sentiment should be the last thing that investors worry about. The big picture in the U.S. is still that this is a market that have bottomed. 
and that should be some volatility as market focus shifts between growth and raise, but the U.S. market remains a core asset. Now, we recommend defensive exposure, especially healthcare in the U.S. in the first half of this year, and then add on to cyclicals getting into the second half because the market would then start to pricing and economic recovery in 2024. Moving on to the other side of the world, many investors were asking us on the China market, which has some meaningful correction after the Chinese New Year holidays. We believe that the correction is healthy and frankly overdue, given that the Hang Seng Index has already gained almost 50% over the past three months and the valuation is at mid-cycle. Also, it may be helpful to think about this from a positioning standpoint. Based on the limited data disclosure, we conclude that the southbound money and the hedge fund money have been early to get onto this trade, and now the positioning is quite heavy. Dedicated Chinese and Asian mutual funds have also deployed the idle cash and have taken up the China exposure. But global mutual funds have hardly come back to this market. So we think this pullback possibly reflects the profit taking of the dedicated money pools as they bought the market early. Nevertheless, the broad market direction is more closely linked to the policy cycle. And we think China will maintain accommodative policies for a large part of this year, simply because of the challenges in the economy. Therefore, we think the Chinese market will resume its gain after the current consolidation, and we maintain our target for the Hang Seng Index at 23,300, which was raised before the Chinese New Year. Alternatively, investors who are keen to be exposed to the China reopening theme, but do not want to directly engage in Chinese equities, can consider the developed market stocks with China exposure. European brand names are one of those examples. And for more details, do take a look at the cross-asset report by the research department before the Chinese New Year holidays, and that report has a list of those stocks. In a nutshell, the year-to-date rally in the U.S. market and the post-Chinese New Year correction in China are both driven by valuation and positioning rather than fundamentals. Sentiment swing can create unnecessary volatility to our portfolio returns and for those investors who are looking for investment ideas that are more defensive in nature, we would recommend our latest idea on Asia telecom stocks. This sector has outperformed the broad market since second half last year given its defensiveness and we would recommend the sector to the income investors because it delivers around 4-5% to dividend yield. Now the fundamentals are definitely defensive in the sector but we think that the telcos do have upside from 5G. True, the consumer take-up of 5G is slower than expected, but 5G is actually more relevant for enterprises in the long run. And more importantly, the competition among telcos within Asia is now easing, so there may be some relief in the profit margins as well. Before we end, we would like to give you a brief update on the Adani Group in India. Now, Asia-focused investors may be very familiar with this name, as this is one of the largest conglomerates in India. The saga all started with a U.S. research report saying that the Adani Group has accounting fraud and stock price manipulation. And both the stock and the bond prices have fallen quite sharply. We note that a few leading investment banks actually have stopped accepting Adani's bonds as collaterals for margins. And the rating agency, S&P, also lowered the L ratings for the bonds. Investors asked us whether this would become a systemic issue in India and how that affected our constructive view on the market. Two things at least. First, Indian banks have fairly low exposure to Adani and the balance sheets were strong. And second, the share price decline definitely has hurt the wealth of the owner. But Adani Group itself is more than 70% held by the owner and his family. So the free flow is low, which means that the wealth destruction to the broader investor community is quite limited. So. 
overall, we maintain our overweight stance on India, and we are confident that corporate India will deliver mid-teens earnings growth over the next few years, and that makes the market one of the best in the region. So that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for our next podcast. Goodbye for now. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.